Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing. Brought to you by Socialink, a digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno. And as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Chris, for having me. So I'm looking forward to this because it's going to be a bit of a strange story, right? We're going to be going a little bit backwards and then talking a little bit about where you're at now and then looking forwards as to what happens. But you can do the, the intro much better than I can, but you are in events. Tell us a little bit about your business pre, I'm guessing, March 2020 uh, and obviously now what you're up to. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so my company, I'm a partner at EMRG Media. We're a full-service events marketing and production agency here in New York. And when I say we did events, we did all in person. We did galas. We did um, trade shows. We did the VMAs. We did the upfronts. I mean, we, we did everything and anything in between, but they were all pretty much in-person experiences. And then there you go, March 14th, the whole entire city gets closed down. Uh, we represented about 75 venues, and one by one, they all shut. So basically it forced our company to take a whole introspective perspective on what we're going to be doing and what the new norm is going to look like and how can we serve our clients and how can we take our strategic tools and what we can do and apply them into a virtual world. And that's where the business really started to revamp. We looked internal and said, what do we now need to provide to our clients that we served in in person so that we still can work with them? And we had to build out a complete different perspective, almost like a startup again, where ultimately we were providing in-person experiences in a virtual world. And what did that look like? And that was a, that was a whole rethinking or a whole mind shift because people that you work with in person, just because they're good in person does not mean that they're necessarily good in a virtual world. So you have to rebuild the partnerships. You have to reassess what that looks like. And then you have to pretty much almost be like a producer of a movie and say, I'm going to curate and I'm going to build out these frames and, and plan it ahead of time. Whereas in person, you can actually go to you, Chris, and I can be like, you want a drink? Here's a drink. You want some food? Here's, I can't do that now. So it's a, it's a whole new frame. And it's also, you know, utilizing a lot of trust because clients know that they can't reach you in person, right? You have to do everything from a very tactile perspective and then also have plan A, plan B and plan, plan C. And so that's really the reshaping of our company and what it changed from, from 2019 to what it is today. It's crazy because for me as well, I get the feeling that events were kind of like something special, right? They were outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. And then almost you've got the complete reversal of that, which is online events became just overly saturated. Like we're constantly on Zoom calls, even still today. Uh, and it's just 
tiring kind of thing. So going to yet another online event must have almost been, it's like an extra challenge, right? Instead of it being cool, upbeat, I'm going to a conference or I'm going to a trade show. Yeah. I get away for a couple of days. I'm out of the office and then it's the complete opposite. So how has that been? How have, how have companies found it? How have you guys found it? How have the attendees found it? So it was, it's definitely challenging when we first approached all of the companies that we worked with and they range from like a Google to a diligent to um, a 1-800-Flowers, Twitch. I mean, we, we work with big companies and then we work with smaller size companies and literally everyone thought we had three heads. They looked at us and were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. We are not doing any virtual. We understand in person. We understand the need. Our company pulled back our budgets. We have nothing. We're going to sit this one out. And I was like, you're going to sit this one out. We're in like a global pandemic. What are you going to do for your staff? Oh, well, we haven't thought about that. Well, what are you going to do about your clients? Well, we're just not going to take them out anymore. I said, interesting. So what's going to happen to your business? They're like, well, we're figuring it out. I said, great. Well, as you're figuring it out, let's create some engaging experiences so that your staff who are stressed out, who are isolated, who are under complete you know, duress actually feels appreciated. How does that sound? They're like, it sounds interesting, but I don't think our teams are going to pay for it. I was like, okay. So ultimately, when I tell you this conversation happened over and over and over, and that's for March, right? Come December, where the, you know, the, the world, you know, it's about to be the end of the year. There's supposed to be New Year's. You're supposed to be celebrating all that stuff. All of a sudden, one by one, come November, call. Okay, we're ready. Call, we're ready. We realize the world's not coming back. And I was like, are you guys serious? So it was just interesting because no one understood it and no one actually wanted, I think, to believe it. Right. They all wanted to be hopeful and optimistic. And I get it. Right. We all want to look at the glass half full. But in that time, people were suffering. People were isolated. You know, people were getting depressed. People were working in environments that completely different than they're used to. So it was even more important from a company perspective to actually be able to serve their community, right? To, to provide value and show that like, you know, Chris, oh, you're working in London. Like I care about you, right? As opposed to, okay, Chris is showing up and he's doing his job and he leaves. So we actually had to reframe what events look like. And obviously I don't mean it from a, obviously it's not in person and it's now virtual, but who are we serving? What do we want to get out of it? So like in before pandemic, you want to have good food, you want to have good cocktails. You want people to be socializing. You want them to dance. Well, now all those elements are gone pretty much. So what are you focusing on? So now it had to be of the mindset of someone, right? Showing that they have value, engaging them, connecting offices globally. So we had companies that were in New York and California and Florida and, and Dubai and London. None of them had ever met each other. We're creating experiences to bring them together. So now they're realizing that they're not unique. So it was a whole shift. And then a lot of people either might've had children in the companies. And so we also incorporated family-friendly elements that would appeal to someone who was single, who didn't have a family, but also that would be allowing kids to participate if they wanted to. And that's not something, if you think about traditional events, that ever has been thought about. So that's kind of a, a few aspects of what we had to go through. I, I like the way you're kind of saying like, this is a few of the aspects and you're like that. It's never ending. It's never ending. Um, but it has been really interesting because I'd agree with you completely on the sense of, I think it was about end of October that we really noticed it. And up until that point, you had the kind of, oh my God, the world shut down for the first four months. 
Then you had, well, it's fine. The world's come back to normal. We had a couple of months of the summer where everyone thought things were going to be fantastic. And then you had the realization of, oh crap, this really isn't going away anytime soon. We need to deal with this. And actually we need to start doing, like you said, we need to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And I think something that's really, really interesting, and I'd like to sort of dig into it a bit more, but it's actually reevaluating and refiguring out what what the actual purpose is, what the objective always was. And like you said, it wasn't about having good food or allowing the team to get drunk together or whatever it might've been, but it's actually about the idea of showing that value, getting them to be feel like they're part of something bigger. I'm wondering what are some of the key ways that you found have worked for businesses to go online and not just for staff, but also for clients, for, for anybody? How can they really help build that relationship and figure out what those important things are? So there's a couple different areas that we found to be effective and it doesn't matter if you're a small startup business or if you're a major corporation. So I don't want people to feel like I can't afford it. I can't do it. All these things are very attainable. We found it was to define what we want to accomplish. So if we're looking at clients, like let's say you have new clients or you have advertisers that spend money, how can I show value? Now you can go very simply by saying, I want to have coffee with you and literally sending you a gift card. You go get your coffee. I go get my coffee. We jump on a call. So now it's not just picking up a phone. It's not just talking about sales. It's, hey, Chris, how are you? What's going on in your world? Like, what does life look like? How can I support you? And still kind of have that, you know, how they call like taking you out to cocktails or taking you out to dinner. So you can do that. And it's, it's not expensive, right? So that's simply, let's get on a virtual platform and let's have coffee together. Or let's say you want to go a step further and you're like, This is one of my big clients and I actually want to have dinner with them. You can literally just send a gift card or literally have food delivered. You know, here we have like Grubhub and Seamless and all these different things, right? So you could send it to them and say, let's do dinner together and do it as a group. So now you can have 20 people on and literally all of a sudden queue up cocktail music. So have a live performance playing. And now you're actually at a show. So there's some really engaging yet not over the top experiences that you could do. And then for like a group, if you're like, well, I don't want to send people dinner. I just want to have something engaging. What I found to be is having some engaging activities. So, and they ranged. We have like one element is like, we do this dueling piano performance where people are singing and we mute everybody, but they comment in the chat. And then we say, okay, guys, you guys want to sing along? And obviously it sounds horrendous, but it's fun, right? You hear people really like bursting out the songs and stuff. And that really forms a connection and you see people commenting on a chat and you see their faces. And that's something that people have genuinely enjoyed because it feels human. It feels engaging. Um, Another aspect that we've done, again, that's, that's also really great is getting a really impactful illusionist and doing these like virtual tricks and saying, Hey, Chris, can I pull you up to the stage? Because even though you're in a virtual world, you can still create movement and allowing people to feel immersed and engaged. And so I could pull you up and the illusionist could do a trick and everyone's like, oh my God, what's going on? And all of a sudden it feels human. So it's defining what are those elements that really, A, resonate with your team, right? You could have a group of millennials, you could have a group of 40 or 50 year olds, you could have you know all different ranges and identifying who they are and what would be appealing. Like I'm doing something for group M and they wanna do something for all of the assistants. So they want to do a virtual lunch, but they don't just want to do a virtual lunch. They want to do a virtual lunch. And actually the two pieces I just said, the illusionist and the music of a dueling pianos. And it kind of encompasses everything because now if someone's not really into the illusionist, they might be into the dueling piano and you're hitting the different buckets. So 
So those are a couple things. We've also done a lot of things where we'll say like it's a family experience and then we incorporate that or for like a sales team, which I mentioned, really just knowing who your, who your clients are and saying, what would they appreciate, right? Like, would they appreciate me sending them a little box with some elements in it? It could be like tickets to something, you know, again, New York is starting to open. So maybe it's tickets to the the baseball game, right? Or maybe it's a gift certificate to a restaurant, things like that, that are personal. And for those of you who let's say feel like, Oh, I don't even have that budget. You can even send them like a nice card with a handwritten note and say, let's just jump on and have like a catch up call with cocktails and send them like a bottle of wine and you guys can have cocktails together. So it's, it's, it's interesting because although the virtual world has limits, it's really limited to your imagination because really you can accomplish almost anything as long as it's thought, you know, thought out. And it doesn't have to be something where you're saying, Oh my God, it's, $100,000 to rent the space for food and beverage, right? Like it's, there's different costs, but you can curate something that's engaging and special and make them feel that you're giving them the attention. Yeah, I know that there's been lots of examples of this. And I know friends of mine who have done virtual wine tastings as part of the company, they've done virtual quizzes and events and all sorts of things. And I think it's, this is where I think it's interesting though. It's, are we all a little bit played out on the whole online events? And if we are, how can we do it differently or how can we make it slightly better for people? Well, I I think that ultimately we have to recognize that we don't have a choice, right? We're here in a virtual world, so we have to embrace it. And that's where the creativity comes into. One day you could send like a gifting box. One day you could, you know, send a handwritten note with something in it you ultimately have to recognize that we unfortunately don't have the ability to say, okay, world reopen, let's go. But seeing people is never going to get old because we're not around people, right? So just the fact of being able to see someone's expression as opposed to talking on the phone or being able to share a commonality, whether that's like, hey, let's you know have a coffee and, and so forth. At least it gives you a humanized element. Yes, it's exhausting. It's a different kind of exhausting than doing in-person events. Like when you're doing in-person events, you come home and you're sore, you're bot, you're physically tired, right? Here you're mentally tired because you're thinking about all these different aspects that like, did this person log on? Is this a live component? Am I integrating, you know, pre-recorded aspects because I'm trying to include something that's, you know, I can't do virtually live. So we don't really have a choice on it. Ultimately, it's just saying, how can I do something that'll keep my audience's attention? So again, diving back into like, who are they? What's their interest? I think it's, well, that's with everything in marketing in general, you know, starting with your objective is just so important. And it amazes me because unfortunately people get caught up with the shiny new tool or that sounds like fun. And they don't remember that actually, you know, what is the purpose? What is the objective that you're trying to do? What's the thing that you're trying to actually make happen? Uh, And without that, nothing else matters. And you've said it there for events. doesn't matter if it's for events, your website, new blog articles, new products you're releasing, social media, everything. It's always comes back down to the same thing. What's the objective? The objective is really important. And that's why it kind of is limitless in the sense of, you know, you could do something completely different for your clients than you're going to do for your employees and you're going to do for your, you know, vice president's team and so forth. Like we've been doing um, we've been actually helping companies do their team meetings, like their their town halls, where normally they'd be doing it internally. And they said, you know what, we want to make it a little bit special because we're not together. So 
So we've been, you know, creating these custom frames in the beginning and make it look like how I mentioned in the beginning, like almost like a produced movie or a theater. And those things really change the engagement level. And also it makes people seem excited about it because when you say to someone, oh, you're going on a virtual event, they immediately think of Zoom meetings all day long that they're sick of, right? But when they come on and you, you know, you curate, we always do like a welcome screen with a countdown and music. All of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I'm at a show, I'm at a production. And it changes their mindset, right? Because they're conditioned to think Zoom work boring. Okay, now you're changing their framework and then all of a sudden now they're excited about it. So it's really communicating what there is that's coming up. And when companies um, in general, like when they're sending something out to a sales team or a corporate or they're doing some kind of event or initiative, it's really important to create like a very fun invite, whether that's mailed to them so that they have that experience or whether that's emailed to them to kind of paint the picture of what's to expect Because if you give someone something to their imagination, they're going to envision what they want to see and they're going to get excited about it. And then if you hit that home run and you deliver it, they're just going to be raving about it. And next time they're going to be even that much more engaged. What are some of the tools? Because you mentioned it there, right? Everyone straight away thinks virtual event, thinks Zoom. We're on Zoom. Uh, I think this is probably my sixth or seventh Zoom call today already. But what are some of the tools that people can use, especially for small businesses, to to try and mix this up and try and make it a slightly better experience? So I've worked with a lot of different platforms, right? Some of them have been extremely expensive and some have been less expensive. They all have different aspects that are good and bad. What I've found, as much as you want to go and you say like, oh, I want to go on this event platform or this event platform, the reality is there's a huge learning curve. People are not well-versed on it. And so what happens is, the user experience becomes um, complicated and frustrated. So ironically, we went from doing huge events on major platforms and we took it all back to Zoom because we found that everyone understands it. So now what we do is we beautify it. And so what that looks like is we'll create like a custom dashboard. So you can send out like a Zoom link that has like an embedded frame And ultimately what it is, it will say like, you know, let's say my company was doing an event, EMRG Media Presents, and it'll have like a logo and it has all these different areas to go. So you can hit a button and it would say, go into the illusionist room, click here, see the event agenda, click here, see the, you know, the event overview. It kind of walks you through it. So now it's an enhanced experience. So again, it doesn't feel like you're just coming to a Zoom meeting. It feels like it was curated and customized. So we do that because when you're working with companies that have people that are 20s to late 60s, and most of them really do, they don't understand the tech the same way than like a millennial would do. Or for someone who's in technology, right? Like we just, we never had to learn that piece. So to think that you're going to create this overly cumbersome dynamic event and have everyone be able to get on without an issue is just not realistic. When we launched our trade show, we took a completely virtual October of last year. We had 150 vendor booths virtually. We had a hundred speakers virtually. They included people like Damon John and Kevin Harrington. And we had like a myriad of panel discussions. We tried to use a different tech platform. I'm not even going to name it. That's not even worth saying. Like we went on it and it crashed. And why did it crash? It crashed because we brought over 3,000 people to a platform, probably all at a small time. And although, you know, they said it can hold it, 
they weren't used to the traffic and people got confused. So all of a sudden we had to like revert our plan. And the next day we literally went into Zoom and we found that every single speaker, although we did a whole tech check, we did a whole planning, we had all these beautified screens, everything with the ditch, all that. And we took them in. And you know what they said? Wow, that was really easy. And we realized that sometimes we push aside the simplistic things because we're thinking about being that first market on some crease. Um, you don't want to do that because ultimately you're not going to be able to ensure that you ultimately can have a great user experience. And that's something that um, we learned really quickly. And so I always say, just try to hone in on what you know well and try to basically own that in the level that you can do that so that you could produce a really, really great event. I think it's it's really interesting as well because that a lot of people don't realize how much you can do with Zoom. Um, yes. And it's not just with Zoom, but a lot of the, the more simplistic of channels, let's mm-hmm. say. And something that we do a lot of, we do a lot of streaming as well uh, as a way to keep in touch with clients to allow other people to find out about us. But also just to kind of, especially during the last couple of months and the last year, we've done a lot of it just to kind of stay kind of relevant and just kind of remind people, you know, that we are still here and, you know, we're all going through the same thing and it's all kind of a bit less fun or less good or whatever else. But we also try to do some fun things. So we try and play, you know, FIFA video games and chat about stuff at the same time, or we'd invite guests on to to basically just have a chat about anything. But there's quite a few simple things that you can do to to kind of make this more interesting. Um, What would be the tips for people when they're if they're looking at this from their point of view, you know, small businesses, especially it's not going to be for a lot of people and the budgets are going to be very small. What are some of the easy, I don't want to say easy wins because I hate that phrase because there's no such thing. Um, what are some of the things that people could kind of take on that isn't going to cripple them budget wise or time effort, you know, trying to get something to work? Sure. So what I think is, you know, you could take using this example, like a zoom platform and you could literally produce it. So what that looks like is, you can create like a welcome screen, like a, fr- a frame that goes on when the event starts. You can literally record music behind it. And ultimately it could say like, um, welcome to 1-800-Flowers or welcome to our internal event for X company or here's my sales team, we appreciate you or employee appreciation. And you just really create a beautiful graphic and let that be the, the first. And then what you can do is you can literally hire a, um, an event host who is basically like an MC, and they can say, you know, welcome Chris to the stage. We're so happy to have you talking to blank, blank, blank. And all of a sudden, just by doing those little pieces, it's produced. It doesn't feel like in-house anymore. It feels like you really took a step forward. And that's not something that's expensive, but it does require thought, right? You can't just put anybody on as a host. When you're doing something virtually, you have to really, really take that energy from an a high, high level. So from an MC perspective, someone who's good in person, maybe who's worked with the, the venue or the, the company in the past, doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right person from a virtual because portraying people are very, very different. So again, really simple welcome screen, a graphics company, a graphics team can do that. Come up with something that's like, looks really cool. Do a countdown clock. Same thing that you've seen millions and millions of times when you go to other places. Um, and then play some music. And all of a sudden you're at a movie theater. It's no longer you and I just talking and then literally build out what that looks like. And so 
you know, ROS is run of show, right? A timeline. Build that out and say, okay, I'm going to queue to Chris at one o'clock. And then it's going to queue over to event host at 110. And you really, really build it out like a structured timeline. And then you can add in some entertainment elements. Like you could get a trivia person who could say, let's do some fun facts about my company. Who knows the company the best? They get a prize at the end. Now you're engaging and you're doing things that aren't super over the top. You know, they're not crazy expensive. They're very manageable. And you could be creative with it. Like I've created a Jeopardy wheel literally on a free download, you know, website. Like you could do it, right? You just need to then take that element and tag it with like a professional event host because they're going to be the difference between it looking like you did something on no budget and you did something on a high budget because that elevation really changes it. Do you think people will be going back to events as normal this year? Like, you know, these big events, like we're used to doing the big trade shows or anything else, like 3000 people meeting all in one location. It feels like we're still quite a a distance away from that being the norm again. So what's going to happen for the next sort of the rest of the year? So it's interesting, right? I'm going to give a couple different, you know, case studies. So we have one client who just came to us and we're doing their son's bar mitzvah. And it was supposed to be done last year. They're super antsy. They're like, we want to do it and we want to do it in person. We'll scale down the guest count. I said, okay, but her name's Susie. I was like, but Susie, you're from South Africa. Like your family, are they going to come in? Because I did her other, you know, I did her daughter's mitzvah like years ago. And she's like, no. I said, so how are we going to include them? She's like, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, I'm thinking about it. Let's do a virtual aspect for them. And then let's do an in-person. And that's going to be the new norm, in my opinion. It's going to be take the people who are comfortable, take the people who are safe. Just because people get vaccinated even next year does not mean that every single person that works for a company or, or gets invited to an event is going to feel safe and comfortable. And that's okay, right? Like everyone's going to perceive it differently. So with that uncomfortability, there needs to be the adaption. And so people now have to be mindful. And what that's going to look like is you're going to be spending money on things that you didn't have to before. Like I talk about using a different, different case study. You know, we work with diligent diligent um, is a tech company and they have come, they have offices all around the globe. So I had only prior to the pandemic worked with them in New York, but with this virtual, we did all the different um, areas together because we could take everyone, you know, we picked a, a neutral time, let's say, I mean, sometimes some people were in the morning and some people were the night, but we put them all together. Right. Now that there's that connection, why wouldn't we then say, okay, we're doing this event and we're going to send out the ability for people to tune in virtually that wouldn't be able to be flown in, right? Who would never even have that experience. So that's where I think some of those pieces are going to be. We're doing a different event, which is actually for like a private school. And normally it's a 300 person party and it's always booked at the same space. We've been doing it for 12 years. We're now creatively, we were running into roadblocks. We couldn't do it. It's too big. So I said, what do you think about let's split the class in half? So now we're going to be doing two events of 150, one on one day and one duplicated the following day. It'll cost a little bit more because obviously you have to take entertainment twice as opposed to once. But ultimately, we're going to duplicate an experience that will allow us to achieve what they wanted to get, which is they wanted to have them have their end of year event and not feel like that was ripped from them. So 
the events aren't going to look the same. There's going to be, you know, some rapid testing. There's going to be some temperature checks. There's going to be a lot of things that are like awkward at first, but you know, now they're saying that um, as you get vaccinated, there's this app they're going to put on your phone that you can like QR code it and that'll be your fast pass. Now, of course, in the beginning, that's so weird, right? Like it's not what we're used to, but eventually, right. You know, three months from now, a year from now, it's going to be the new norm. And that's like with anything, right? We're going into new uncharted territories. And when we reflect in five years, people are going to forget what it was like 10 years ago. So there's going to definitely be that merge of in-person and virtual. And then I think there's going to be a third element. And the third element will be like kidding, which is like wow boxes. So basically what that means is someone will send you a package and you'll have the option of attending, let's say an event in person, or sitting on the sideline, as you call, logging in on your computer, but getting a box delivered to your home or to your office, that'll let you feel like you're, you know, included with the event. So it could have like a cup, it could have a custom shirt, it could have a branded hat, it might have little elements that you would get at that event, and you'll get it delivered to you and people will be able to maybe pay X amount for this option, and X plus Y for another. And now all of a sudden, there's a whole nother revenue stream model. So it's an interesting thing to think about. That is actually really interesting. And I never would have thought about the idea of, you know, like saying for the for the bar mitzvah or something like that, you know, how do you encompass this? And I've heard some chilling tales of, you know, friends of mine actually attending funeral services on like mm-hmm. a Zoom call, which, you know, in your head, you just think that sounds crazy, right? But it just doesn't seem like a normal. But I do agree with you. I think this is what it's going to become like. It's going to be a far more hybrid kind of environment. And also, I think companies now, you know, it's going to be very difficult after you've spent a year with nobody traveling, no unnecessary costs or kind of elements like that. There'll be some people that obviously desperately want to get back out there and move around and everything else. But the costs involved in sending your sales team to a conference in New York from London is exorbitant. Like it's it's huge. And we've proven for the last year that actually we can do business without needing that face-to-face kind of touch as, or as much as we used to have it. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this kind of plays out. And uh, and I think, yeah, you're right. That's definitely going to be that hybrid. I've also seen a lot of people talking about the, the VR kind of world as well uh, and trying to bring that into events so that people can actually be in the same boardroom, as it were, sort of sat around a table and being able to talk with each other. So I think there's there's definitely going to be a huge amount of change in this space. A hundred percent. And also it kind of opens up the whole element from like a business perspective, small, medium and large is the safety regulations, right? No one's saying, oh, if I get sick, because like, let's say I have my company and my company is like a small, is a small boutique agency, let's say. If I send someone to an event and I demand part of their job that they go and something happens to them related to this global pandemic, who's responsible? That answer has not been like addressed. No one's said, okay, I'm indemnifying a company, right? And I don't know legally if you could even say to someone, hey, sign this, you know, that you're waiving your rights. So there's going to have to be this new adaptation of events because you can't feel like you're not being inclusive because there's the whole movement of being inclusive and stuff like that. If you, if you eliminate people, then you're basically opening yourself to a problem with that. And then on top of it, you want to be mindful of the fact that people might have underlying conditions that maybe they don't share with people, right? So to think that we could go back to what was is, is, not, is not correct, right? Like 
the new norm is what it will be. We don't know. What we can do is we can do the research, do the due diligence and provide an A, B and C plan. So what I say is option one, right? Like option one for that 300 person event was I was trying to figure out how to do the 300 people together, right? When I could not get there, like I was kept hitting the wall. I was like, all right, why am I think, why am I not thinking about, let's just split it, right? So that was option two. And then option three, which they said no to, was like a completely virtual event. They were like, absolutely not. We are not doing it. But I have to go, and so does every company. You have to be forward thinking, right? You have to be able to say, what do you need? What are you trying to achieve? How can I help you? And what can I do that's creative that solves the problem? Because if I can solve the problem for you, you're going to come back to me. That is the piece that's going to now be having to be thought out from an event perspective, which is before it wasn't. There was no problem. We were doing an event, we were doing music, we had a formula and that's what it was. And now there is a whole integration that we're going to have to be doing that we just didn't have to think about before. Yeah, you've mentioned there about the sort of, you know, the liabilities and stuff. If you say that you're going to send someone and again, you can't force people to take vaccines and you can't discriminate against people for whatever reason. So I think there's going to be a huge amount in the UK. It's already started to some extent with certain businesses saying, you know, all of our staff will be vaccinated. And you're like that. Wow. I don't know how this goes and how this plays out. But um, yeah, even the the COVID fast pass, as you called it, that's causing trouble at the moment. People aren't don't seem to want this to become the the new normal. But like you said, often the change is very, uh, is very painful. And then five years from now, we won't remember what it was like 10 years before. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting time to watch and an interesting time to be alive. Um, things aren't going to be easy. Uh, Erica, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Very quickly, where can people find you online and how can people connect with you online? So we created a free offer. Um, it's a downloadable five-step strategy and you can go to bookevents.com and you can get your complimentary download and it'll give you some tips on strategies of how to do virtual events. Sorry, I was trying to type that down so I didn't forget it, but uh, I'll ask you to drop a, drop me an email with the, uh, the links in it so that we can add that to the show notes for everybody as well. Perfect. Yeah, they can go to bookevents.com and you know, like I said, thank you so much, Chris, because it's been a pleasure. And it's so interesting to hear the difference between where I'm at in New York and where you're at in London. And, you know, it's a long ways that we have to go. But with any small business, I just wanted to end on this by saying that as long as you're being forward thinking and you're being flexible, you're going to be okay. So you don't have to spend a ton of money. You could just be creative, but it, it takes thinking and the creativity to keep you a step ahead and you'll be fine. And that's, what's really, really important. And I just add to that as well, ask your clients, ask your staff, you know, it's one of the things that really people forget about so easily, but they'll go off and run on their own little tangent of going, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Take the time, ask them, call your three, five best clients and say, Hey, we're thinking about doing an event. Uh, we'd love to do something. It's going to be virtual for obvious reasons. And these are the kind of ideas. What do you think? And how would you feel? Or would you be interested? And you'll get that input and that feedback from people uh, and you'll be amazed. So yeah. I think it's a great way of doing it. Yeah. Erica, thank you so much. Thank you. The All About Digital Marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Inc., a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising, or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. 
If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.com.